following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to our Sunday show, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Twins and the Astros set to wrap up. This four-game weekend series today, Twins finally also wrapping up. It's been a long road trip. They're finally back at Target Field tomorrow night to take on the Chicago White Sox. I'm Corey Provis. We thank you for joining us on our Sunday show. And our guest on our program today is the president of the Minnesota Twins. Always great to catch up with Dave St. Peter. Dave, welcome back to the show. Good morning, Corey. Good to see you. Uh, great to visit with you once again. And we have a lot to get to uh, on the show here today. Let's begin, if we can, going back to last week. At the trade deadline, some baseball decisions were made that were painful, but it also impacts the business side of things. When you trade away guys like Nelson Cruz and and Jose Barrios, from a baseball standpoint, you get some young guys back. From a business standpoint, though, what's the fallout? Well, you know, Corey, it's part of the business, right? You know, we came into 2021 with incredibly high expectations, uh, internally as well as externally. I think most of the pundits had us picked to not only win our division but hopefully compete for a world championship that has not panned out and you know nobody's more disappointed than Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, Jim Polad, Rocco Baldelli and our and our players you know I think organizationally I think the worst place we can be is to not recognize where we are and to stay um, and to stay stagnant I, I think you know, honestly if you're in what did what does Ricky Bobby say if you're not winning you're you're finishing last, right? So, you know, I, I think we did what we thought we needed to do around how we could pivot and move um, players, players that have been core contributors here, Nelson Cruz and, and, and Jose Barrios, um, difficult decisions. But when you set a bar for those players and certain teams have needs and they not only meet that bar or exceed that bar in the talent that's coming back, I think that Derek Falvey has an obligation to make a recommendation to Jim Pola that we do that deal. And, you know, again, very difficult, but we feel good about where we ended up in terms of the players that came back to the Twins. And ultimately, we all know that for us to build the type of perennial contender that our fans enjoy, uh, we need more talent, and particularly young pitching talent. And uh, uh, I'm optimistic that the guys we got back uh, will, will help play a big role in leading us back to contention sustained contention over time you know what's unique too about about this year because there have been some some seasons going into the year where you knew that this was going to be tough that uh, the expectations were not as high but expectations were quite high for 2021 coming off 19 coming off 20 when when you've been in the room with with Jim Polad and with Derek Falvey and Thad Levine to go over these decisions is it shock is it awe or is it how, how did we get here yeah, there's certainly a level of self-examination and, and, and looking back and understanding maybe, you know, what we can take out of this season. And I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. There's no doubt about that for all of us. And and, and I actually think that's, you know, important that we go through that. However, you know, there's always a focus on not only where we are today, but where we want to go. And, you know, I think that the the vision part of it in terms of the type of club we want to have, 
uh, an assessment of kind of where those strengths are, where those weaknesses might be, and how we can actively and maybe more importantly, proactively address those things. So, yes, uh, player development will always be at the center of that. But I think we've demonstrated, particularly the last few years, that uh, the Polad family is willing to certainly play in free agency. And we're, that's certainly going to be part of our strategy going forward. But uh, the core of our club is always uh, is always going to be generated from our player development system. And as we look to 2022, you know, we like a lot of our players. We still think we're going to have good players. We're going to go to spring training, in our mind, with a really good team. Now, we have work to do between now and then to supplement the group that's here, and I think that's going to be interesting and exciting, I think, for our fans. But uh, I can assure you, we go to we, we go into next year with every intent of competing and hopefully returning to a place where our fans can be proud of our club. As the trade deadline came and went, the calendar flipped to August that also coincided with season ticket renewals going out to season ticket holders. What are you hearing from that vital part of this organization? You know, our fans have been great. You know, they've they've certainly ridden the waves over the years, uh, even over the course of the target field era. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we've been in the postseason three of the last four years. 2021 has not played out well, but, I, you know, I think most of our fans, our core season ticket fans, I think uh, will stick with us. You know, those season ticket invoices, renewals will will be going out here in the days to come. And, you know, I'm optimistic that as we enter the 2022 season, we will do so with a robust season ticket base, uh, one that's in the upper half of Major League Baseball. How have you been able to maintain that? Because that's been pretty pretty steady, uh, even during some, some lean seasons yeah. uh, since Target Field opened up in 2010. Well, you know, again, you know, we've we've had some success on the diamond uh, three of the last four years, and 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 I think that our fans have appreciated that. But I always think at the center of 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 our fan base, and particularly our season ticket base, is an appreciation for the Target Field experience and everything that goes into watching baseball, uh, enjoying Twins baseball in this ballpark with fans, with clients, with employees. And, uh, you know, that's a huge part of it. I think the other part of it is the market itself. This is a great sports town. I've always said it's a great baseball town. Um, We get tremendous support from the corporate community uh, in uh, not only in the the Twin Cities, but the state of Minnesota. And, 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 And those organizations, you know, I think feel an obligation to continue to support pro sports because it's one of the things that differentiates this community from others and it's important to, uh, retention of talent and and those things that make this a major league market so we're very grateful for that support we don't take a second of it uh, uh, for granted and we try to provide uh, MVP level service year in and year out it never goes into a slump good years bad years the level of service we can provide to our ticket members is absolutely critical you know Dave if we were having this conversation last month then we would have talked about COVID but hopefully it would have been more in the past tense but uh, sadly that's not the case right now is the Delta variant uh, is certainly um, alive and well and impacting many many across our globe and that's topical right now in terms of your, of your job and, and the Minnesota Twins adjustments that have to be made based on what's happening right now with uh, with the Delta variant. Well, you know, we're we're in constant communication with the Minnesota Department of Health, uh, also with the Major League Baseball, and certainly um, with uh, our own team doctors. And you know, we're always looking at how we can ensure the safety not only for our employees and for our players and for our staff, but but in this case, our fans. So. We're going to continue to look at that. You know, obviously there's going to be some changes, I think, relative to masks for our employees. And um, we're going to go back to some of those 
concepts that were probably more prevalent early in the season around mask wearing in particular. Uh, and then we're going to continue to monitor things around uh, just kind of where the virus goes, particularly for our team and for our staff members that are working indoors. Um, I think the good news is that we're playing outdoors at Target Field. So uh, every all the science, all the information we have would point to that's probably the safest environment you can be in is if you're outdoors. And I'm, I'm very confident, Corey, that we can continue to deliver uh, a very safe environment uh, inside the ballpark, outside the ballpark uh, over the course of the balance of the 2021 season. But no conversations yet with, with Governor Walls about fans are not allowed once again. That that has not come up yet in any conversation? No, it is not. And, uh, you know, again, we're, we're in constant communication with uh, with our elected leaders, and I know we have the state fair coming up, uh, in, in, and that, I think that's still a go. So, you know, we expect that, that the Twins baseball will continue to play uh, uninterrupted and try to do it in as safe a way as possible and being smart about it, right? You know, masks are certainly strongly encouraged or not required. Um, we're certainly doing everything we can from a cleanliness perspective. And, and, and so all of those things that have become so common for all of us as we go about our daily lives, um, you know, the, some of the things that we did early on with with, with partners such as 3M and Ecolab and others to try to make the target field experience uh, a COVID-friendly experience. I think those things still pay off this day, whether it be our concessions operation, whether it be, you know, a touchless environment. Um, you know, all those things are still, you know, uh, important to, to ensuring that everybody stays safe. When this was all starting this season to bring fans back, there was the COVID aspect, there was, of course, the team's performance, but there was also the safety aspect. Is downtown back? Is downtown safe? Let's revisit that right now, all, all these weeks and months later. How, how do you feel about that? Well, I, you know, I feel good. Uh, you know, we understand the perceptions. Uh, we see it in all of our fan research, but the reality of it is, is when fans attend games here, um, the research would show that they feel uh, incredibly safe, not only in the ballpark, but outside of the ballpark, driving into the Twin Cities, driving through the downtown Minneapolis area, parking, walking to Target Field. I think that's a tribute to law enforcement, certainly a tribute to Hennepin County Sheriff's Minneapolis Police Department, the Minneapolis Downtown Council and the Ambassadors Program, and certainly our own security team. We've worked really hard to ensure that fans see presence and, and, and feel safe. And, you know, knock on wood, Corey, we really have had zero incidents over the course of the season. So, uh, again, we understand the perception. We get that, and we certainly want to be an active player in terms of downtown Minneapolis and restoring and reanimating our downtown. Um, and we we believe fans can come into this ballpark and, and, and have confidence that they're going to be safe. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's to come next weekend as the Twins will honor uh, the 91 championship team will get into the Twins Hall of Fame weekend coming up in September. Also, the 2022 schedule was released earlier in the week. We'll get uh, Dave's take on that and more coming up. Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, continues next on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back. Inside Twins continues, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Prove is back with Twins President Dave St. Peter on our Sunday show. Uh, as, as we chat here on this Sunday, a week from now, we're going to have so many great players and staff members back in town honoring the 1991 Minnesota Twins and the world champions that they were and still are. I'm sure it was not easy getting all these people back 
in town. Give us some behind-the-scenes uh, info and intel about how this came to be. Yeah, you know, Corey, we have a, a history here, you know, of, of celebrating those world championships, uh, 1987 and, of course, 1991. It's amazing that it's been 30 years. And, you know, these reunions, which we've done every 10 years, uh, I think are important. Certainly they're important for our fans. Uh, you know, our fans love the opportunity to celebrate the history of our franchise and particularly those world championship teams. So, uh, you know, I think that's that's really the number one driver. But beyond that, for me on a personal level, I can tell you, it always uh, strikes me just what these reunions mean to those players, what they mean to the manager, Tom Kelly, what they mean to that coaching staff, what they mean to some of the front office people that were part of that team. Um, it's pretty special winning a world championship, and I, I think from an organizational perspective, it's it's a pretty good thing to find an, a, a platform to let that group come to back together every 10 years and, and reunite. And you're going to see all the, the great names from that team. Obviously, we're missing uh, a, a big one in Kirby Puckett and even others such as Wayne Terwilliger, who we're going to think about, and Jimmy Wiesner and others, but uh, obviously Ken Herbeck and Jack Morris and uh, Chili Davis and Mike Pagliarulo and Greg Gagne and Rick Aguilera and Kevin Tappany and the list goes on. They're all going to be here and they're excited to be back at Target Field and uh, have an opportunity to con- reconnect with our fans and, and certainly uh, have a chance to celebrate uh, the, the, the 1991 World Championship. Because of COVID and also social distancing, will fans have a chance to get autographs and to get pictures with, with these players and staff members? Yeah, right now there's some plans for some photo opportunities. I, I think there'll probably be some mask wearing in those photos. But, yeah, we're, we're trying to do some things to try to give fans an opportunity to connect and all of that information will be posted at twinsbaseball.com here in the days to come. Um, certainly there's a major pregame ceremony scheduled for Saturday evening. Um, you know, I would encourage fans to get to the ballpark early on Saturday the 14th as we um, really, uh, you know, look back on the 1991 season and particularly the postseason and, of course, the the most magnificent World Series ever played, in my opinion, uh, versus the Braves. It results in the famed uh, one nothing uh, victory for Jack Morris and the Minnesota Twins. You know, as we're chatting here today, it's, it's kind of fitting that the Twins are playing the Astros because the Twins fans have a chance to just enjoy and celebrate another championship with this team, as they did, and their parents did, grandparents did back uh, 30 years ago. The Astros, who won that tainted world championship in 2017, those fans, Dave, at least in my opinion, will never get that chance. How could they bring that group back and have you know, a 20-year reunion uh, after what transpired in 2017? It's so great for the Twins fans. I don't see how the Astros fans will ever have that that same pleasure. Yeah, I'm happy. I don't have to worry about that, Corey. <laughs> that's a tricky. That's a tricky yeah. one. I suspect yeah. that over time, uh, time tends to heal a lot of wounds, and there will be a there will be a hearkening to celebrate that club. But 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 you know, one of the things that that I enjoy so much about my job is within our history is we've got a lot of you know quality people that that were on that '91 club and and people that went on to other things across the game and. They all will point back to the the special time that they spent in that clubhouse with that group in '91. But they also, maybe more importantly, will point back to the Twin Cities community, what it meant to a Chili Davis, what it meant to a Mike Pagliarulo, what it meant to a David West. Um, you know, it uh, you know that was a very special team and came into the season with very low expectations and ended up winning a world championship. So I think it's always a lesson for all of us uh, on the baseball continuum that. 
you know, with a move here and there, you can position your club for greatness. And, and that club certainly uh, not only uh, exceeded expectations, but ended up coming, coming back with a world championship. All right, so that's coming up next weekend. Then in September, uh, one of the another great days and nights and, and weekends here at Target Field as uh, the Twins will honor Justin Morneau as the, uh, the newest member of the Twins Hall of Fame. A uh, long time coming, and sadly could not do it last year. Yeah, September 25th, we're going to induct Justin, and, and you're right, it is a long time coming. And, you know, Justin Morneau, such a such a dominant player for us uh, in the mid-2000s and, and was part of a, that stretch of six division titles in nine years, contributed to a number of those. And, you know, uh, Joe Maurer is going to give the induction speech. And, you know, we, uh, we're expecting, you know, most, uh, if not all, of our living Twins Hall of Famers to be back in town uh, for that evening as well, which I know means the world to Justin. We're playing the Blue Jays, which we thought was appropriate because of Justin's ties to to Canada, and I expect there's going to be a few Canadians in the ballpark that night hooting or hollering, <laughs> drinking some Molson. So, um, richly deserved for Justin Morneau, and we're excited to see him inducted into our Hall of Fame, and uh, um, always excited to, to see all those great Twins back uh, in Target Field, led by Rod Carew, Tony Oliva, and Burt Bly Levin and the rest. Uh, We'll take our final break, come back, and talk about the 2022 schedule. Twins open up the second half with a doubleheader in Detroit. Rare. Can all teams do that should they so choose? The Twins did not. We'll get Dave's take on that and more coming up as we wrap up Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer next on your home for Twins Baseball. Our final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killiber Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Twins President Dave St. Peter. The uh, 2022 schedule uh, came out, Dave, earlier in the week, and the Twins will open up in Chicago. And I know that the Mariners are thrilled to come here in April. I'm sure the Dodgers are thrilled to come here in April. But also what caught my attention was out of the All-Star break, the Twins open up in Detroit but we'll not play Friday. Instead, we'll play two on Saturday. How come? Well, we wanted to give the Provis family an extra week, uh, day <laughs> up at the Grandview Lodge. I appreciate it. Very bad. Dana th- was quite happy. I think the real story is is I think Sir Elton John is scheduled to play Comerica Park, uh, Corey, earlier that week. And I think the uh, Tigers decided that they might want an extra day to get that playing field uh pristine for to open the second half so teams have the ability to to play to schedule a split doubleheader or a traditional doubleheader so that it, the twins could do that if we so choose you could pick you so going into the year you could choose a day to do yeah. that okay and i and i think from a tiger's perspective and a twins perspective there is some benefit to the players you get that extra day right and so i know there's going to be a lot of our guys that probably look forward to that as well but you're right it's odd we're going to play a, a split doubleheader in detroit to open the second half on saturday where we would traditionally start out this second half on a Friday. You were part of the scheduling committee for 2020 when everybody was planning to play a full season. Give us uh, behind the scenes about how that works. How much of it is done by computers or the human element to it when uh, when a team schedule comes out? Well, it's a combination. There's clearly, you know, there's a there's a lot of algorithms now that go into this and and baseball has really kind of revamped their scheduling system so it's like everything else it's it's really driven by analytics and and technology however each individual team has the ability to control certain inputs and you know for us we think about it in terms of things like this do we want to open at home do we care about opening or closing on the the road 
Um, do we? How do we think about our uh, the opponents that matter most, and when do we want those opponents to be here? Uh, do we have major events next year? We have the women's final four. Uh, over at Target Center. So we needed to be on the road the first weekend of the season uh, to avoid a conflict with that. So there's a number of those factors, and at the end of the day, uh, baseball will try to meet most of, if not all, of our requests. Um, but there's always ups and downs in schedules and, and quirks and things that are, are different. I, we feel pretty good about our schedule next year, and ultimately, uh, you know, we all. my number one driver is how many games we get between Memorial Day and Labor Day. That's the prime window for the Twins and certainly for our fans and from a weather perspective. And we always try to maximize the number of games inside of that window. All right, let's finish up the show if we can. We have about 90 seconds left. That uh, We've had labor peace here uh, really since the mid-'90s now for a while, and the CBA is up December 1. We're talking about everything going on next year, but a lot has to happen. The union and ownership have to agree on a new CBA as we chat here now in August, how confident are you that will happen? You know, Jim Polad is on the negotiating committee as part of uh, Major League Baseball's uh, player relations group, and I, you know, I'm optimistic, Corey. I really am. I, we have a lot of work to do. You're right, um, but I think that at the end of the day, um, the people on both sides are proud of the fact that baseball is the longest running. Uh, you know, continuous, uh, you know, uh, agreements. You know, we we haven't had a work stoppage since 1995. And I'm optimistic that, that these sides will come together and figure out a way uh, to create more alignment between the players and the owners. And I think that alignment is critical because not only will it allow us to evolve the game on the field, which we believe is critical, but it's going to allow us to do the things off the field to market our game at a better level, to, to make sure we deliver our game through content and all kinds of other things that need to happen for us ultimately to grow this business. Always appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Corey. Good to be with you. Same here. That's Dave St. Peter. More coming up next on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.